Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I've had some epic failure in my life, you know. Failed marriage, you know, the GFC was an absolute disaster for me. I lost lots of time. I lost lots of money. And, and I wouldn't wish what I went through on anybody. And yet, it is probably the single most impactful thing in my lifestyle right now. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump, and in this episode, we'll continue the conversation with the founder of Property Only, Keith Grisman, who will share the light on bouncing back from adversity and using it to make an impact. You'll find out how 1 plus 1 equals 2.2 on a property, the methods you can use to enter a difficult market, and how to invest if you're time poor. So, was there anything that held Grisman back from initially investing into property? I think that I was both ignorant and lucky early on that no, there wasn't. Um, You know, I didn't experience the fear that I can completely understand when people are looking to go and make a transaction. Um, By the way, I think most of the time that fear is based on lack of knowledge. Like when people come to me and they do all of the time and and ask for sort of a different help. I could categorize almost every conversation, at least two parts of it. And one is that they come and they go, I want to do this, this, or this. And I say to them, why do you want to do that? And they just go quiet and they kind of look at the sky and first they're shocked and then they get it. And, and you know, why are you doing it? Are you trying to make a capital gain? Are you trying to improve your life? Are you trying to get cash flow? If they can work out what the real reason they're doing it is, then all of a sudden their choices can really narrow down. And then the other thing that I say to them is, I mean, if you're not sure about the value of it, well, go and look at 50 of those same properties. And when you walk into the 51st, you'll be able to tell me within five grand how much it's worth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so if you don't definitely know, then don't do it. Go and research. In the previous episode with Grisman, he credited his father as a significant influential figure in his life who mentored him in his journey. The funny thing about that is that I don't ever remember he actually said anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he definitely ever said go and buy a property at 17 i mean who would do that yeah, yeah. um but i i just i just watched him and you know my dad um his father was an entrepreneur and i didn't know that until my dad passed you know we had those conversations you have when when someone's passing and you know he kind of told me a lot about his dad who passed away i never met him when my dad was young my dad's dad passed away so he told me a lot about him then but dad himself was an employee all of his life um but uh, you know, I just, I guess I just took it in and, and kind of watched what he did in terms of value adding. And 
really all he was doing is he was just tinkering on improving what he had. So, yeah, he was a huge influence. Um, I wish I had a bit more, you know, mentors, if you like. I can't say that there's anyone specific. There's a couple of people professionally who I worked with, and i got to say I didn't always like everything that they did, but, but you know, there, there might be one thing I took from, you know, from, from him and one thing from her and another thing from the next person. Um, but in terms of reference materials, in the 90s, there wasn't much around, as anyone who was investing in the 90s will know, I mean, Jan Summers, um, not, my first book, my first financial book I ever read was Noel Whittaker's um, Making Money Made Simple, I think it was called. I read that when I was um, you know, 17 and that was a, that was a great book. Um, so early on there wasn't a lot, but look, now there's so much reference material to find, you know, any, you know in terms of social media and internet and stuff. Um, I, I think you have to look at, the purpose for which that material is put out yeah. and 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 a lot of it is you know white shoes as we called them in the uh, in the early 2000s um on the gold coast but you know a lot of property professionals are you know dracula in charge of the blood bank they're they're selling these excellent investments and they're ripping out fees of 30 grand each and uh really i can't see any value add that anyone can make because they're largely brand new house land packages yes there might be a tide that will wash in demographically in an area in some cases but normally if it's new land it's on the fringe i can't see much of that anytime soon and one thing's for sure they're not selling them for you they're selling them for them and and that's the shame of the way that the industry structured but there's there's so much um uh, good information as well you just have to kind of filter it and put your brain box on and you know ask lots of questions instead of just deciding you're going to do something and then rocking off and doing it the next week you know as i say go and look at 50 houses go and look at 50 houses before you even decide what anything's worth or what you like other resources grisman turns to for mindset inspiration are those like think and grow rich and property investory and just pick up Jen Summers' book and just read that and, and start to make some, form some opinions even in the current market off that. You know, it's still a, a great resource material. And, you know, there's a bunch of people without necessarily signaling them out that I've got a lot of time for in terms of their material and they've got their hearts in the right place and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's tricky. But um, in terms of books, hey, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, I've heard um, in your podcast in the past, a number of people have suggested that. And there's a very good reason why that book's a classic cliche for business reading it's a fantastic mental approach to life and business and property investment and there's no there's not one single property tactical trick in it the best advice he has ever received treat others how you want to be treated treat others as you want to be treated i think be it and it's not property advice i get that but um i don't know people could be nicer to each other the world would be a lot better and and probably you'd find your property uh, transactions work a hell of a lot better. Christmas strategy for purchasing property in Australia is centered on his one-hour rule. Well, if I'm talking residential property, then um, if you can gauge what the market is worth, and and uh, I'm not suggesting that you preconceive where you're going to buy here, but one of the rules I follow is I've got a one-hour rule. If something goes wrong, I want to be there in an hour to make a decision about how to fix it. So I live on the Sunshine Coast in God's country in Queensland. And do I own any property in Adelaide? No. It's too far. 
Now, I could get there, I can get a plane, I could even convince myself that Sydney, where I used to live, is only an hour away on a plane, but it's a pain in the bum if I've got to go there and, and fix it. So I balance out my lifestyle against, you know, my investment strategy, I suppose, and I'm lucky I live in a high-growth area that provides lots of opportunity. But but the one-on-one 2.2 is work out what is in the marketplace. And so, in other words, how much is a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house? Can you buy a block of land and get a building built for cheaper than that? And if you can, then, you know, can you add those two things together and have them worth what, you know, by the time you complete the product, is it has it cost you 20% less than, than you know, what the, what the prevailing market price is? And if it is, then, then you go and do it. He expands on his formula for 1 plus 1 equals 2.2, which determines the overall value of a property in the aftermath of adding value. The way that I've described it probably makes it sound like I'm thinking about a housing estate. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it's not. Um, look, there are plenty of, you know, uh, blocks of land in, um, let's call it suburbia, that, have, um, that haven't been built on. So, you know, there's an opportunity. Like if you can find a, a block of land in, a, in an older suburb, and, and you know, what I mean by older is, you know, 10 years, say, since it's been developed, then that's really easy to run the maths. Okay, how much is the block of land? How much is it to build a house? And what will that be worth compared to, you know, the five or 10 houses that are for sale in the neighbourhood? But, but, but where it works best is if you can find an old house that's on a large block of land. You know, I've got half a dozen of these projects on the go right now where I like to look for an old house on a large block of land. And, um, and I then look to what can I use the backyard for? Because backyards don't need to be as big as they used to be, um, probably practically as well as, um, as well as in terms of urban land use. But uh, can I build another house out the back? Can I cut the backyard off and create an extra block? Can I um, build a second dwelling out there and call it a duplex? Or can I just build a dwelling and call it a granny flat and get income? So what I'm looking to do is, is value add to that property. So, so then indeed, if I'm, you know, if I use a really simple example, let's say I bought a $500,000 house on a large block of land. Well, when I cut the backyard off, what's the front house worth? Now, if it's a thousand square meter block and the front house is still on a, th- sorry, if it's a 2000 square meter block and the front house is still on a thousand square meters, it's probably still worth $500,000. Correct. Yep. So then I've got a free block of land out the back. Now, I obviously have to cut it off and put cost into infrastructure and driveways and sewer and water and whatever it is. But, but, but if I can say spend a hundred thousand dollars doing that and that block of land is worth $200,000, well, then I've just added value. I've just got to, you know, one plus one equals two point two. With this scenario becoming more and more common, Grisman understands the reason behind it and explains why the mathematics of it makes sense. Lots of friends that live in the Shire and Sydney, and um, you know, gotta say, a few of them aren't that happy with it. But people are coming in and buying old houses and knocking them down and building duplexes, and they don't like it because they live in their nice old houses and it affects their neighbourhood. And I can completely understand that. But the reason that those people are doing that is they're running the maths. They're going, well, you know, this house might cost 1.5 to knock down, but I can then build a duplex and that duplex might cost, you know, a million dollars to build two, you know, pretty decent homes. So I'm in for two and a half. But if, but if they're worth one and a half when they're finished because they're brand new and yes, they're a duplex with a common wall or a duplex title, but they've still got a decent size yard area. They're brand new compared to the older houses in the area. 
and um and you know the land you know the deal might owe them two and a half and and yet they're potentially on the market for three um one, one thing i can be sure about if there's a bunch of them going on in a suburb um not every one of the people who are doing them are paying cash for the whole lot they're probably borrowing money from a bank and therefore valuers are supporting the maths that they're using in their approach for those who feel like they can't get into the property market right now, he endorses rent vesting as a great approach to kickstart your journey. Look, I'm sick of hearing this. I can't afford a house here. You know, I, I can't afford a house. That is the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard. What you're really saying is you can't afford a house in the suburb that you actually want to live in or that you grew up in. Do you expect to be able to buy a house in the suburb that you grew up in when your parents probably bought that house a whole bunch of years ago? No, you probably not, have no. to buy somewhere else. I mean, rent vesting is 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 a completely viable way of approaching the property market where maybe you don't live in the first three or four houses that you own because you're renting them out and creating value and stuff and and you might be doing that because your why is that you want to be able to own your own home so you you invest in in a handful of properties you make some money you, you, you build that snowball up until you can actually go and buy the house that you want in that market you know you don't have to go and demand it straight away and for those who are short on time and caught up with other commitments, Grisman says the only way to get it done is to make the time. It's tricky. Look, I'm not sure that there's an easy answer to that. And to be honest, there shouldn't be. I mean, if, if, if people are time poor um, and they're looking to invest, it's going to be hard. Um, but you, you just have to start to drill down. So... You know, if if I was someone on a on a on a pretty average wage and I was living in Sydney, then you know I might be looking at Western Sydney. I I might be looking at Queensland. Um, now my investment philosophy of an hour away doesn't necessarily have to be someone else's. I'm probably privileged enough that I know enough that I can invest here. But if I lived in a most beautiful place on earth, and it wasn't a growth town, I wouldn't be investing here. Because because the mass would tell me not to. So I would go and find a town that I can do it. So, yeah, if you if you're time poor, then you're you're going to have to you know start with some holistic research. I mean, someone like Michael Matuzic in Queensland who puts out a whole bunch of data, for like a hundred dollars a year, that would be a great place to start. I um, mean, you know, Terry Wright is another one up here on the Sunshine Coast. I'm just talking about people local to my area. So, and for every region that people live in, there'll be a bunch of people. So just go and start to filter that down, and and then understand your why and your what. And part of your what is, well, how much do I think that I can borrow on my wage? How much deposit have I got? And if the answer is you've only got $400,000, then, okay, ring ring Residex and say, how many suburbs are there in Australia for average price of 400000 Okay, out of those, can you give me the top 20 that have decent growth characteristics? Now, is it going to be easy? No, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into the lifestyle goals Christmas has attained through his success as a property investor. We have a decent-sized property portfolio and we have a really specific plan about um, how we go about living our life. His mindset on overcoming failure. And if you think that you're going to nail everything that you try, you're just living in la-la land. Now, I struggle with failure just like anyone, but, but we have to embrace it. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shump and you're listening to Property Investory.
Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Unsure of where and what to buy? Many investors in the community have raised these questions frequently. That's why I've created a property sourcing service to help investors like yourself find investment opportunities at wholesale prices to add to your new or existing portfolio. I'm currently accepting expressions of interest. To apply, visit propertyinveststory.com.au. Now back to the show. Although he prefers not to disclose the details of his current portfolio, Grisman now appreciates what he has in life in contrast to all he has previously lost. In my, um, in my pre-GFC period, I never had a problem answering that question. I wore it as a badge of honour. I knew exactly how many properties to the T. I could probably tell you the net worth. I could probably tell me my, my percentage of they are because I knew my maths really well. But to be fair, I was bragging. <laughs> Because I owned more than most people that ever, you know, anyone that I ever knew. Um, so, look, I, I don't answer that question anymore, and it's not because I'm hiding. It's just because I, 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 it's not it's not my badge of honour. It's not my identity anymore. It's not who I am. So, but what I can say to you is that you know, running into GFC, as I said, I had sixty seven odd properties, and I got completely beaten up. I then, on the back of that, got divorced and um, lost most of what I had. And it was, and, and what's worse than the money that I lost? Cause it's just money. I didn't start with any money. So it wasn't like I really lost anything. If you think about it, it was just an it was ego, but I lost time. I lost lots of time and having to deal with that period in my life. And it was a really unhappy, happy time that frankly, I'm lucky I survived. Um, so what do I have now? Look, I, I have um, a beautiful, um, I'm remarried, I have a beautiful wife. We have a fantastic family environment. I have a, um, uh, a daughter that I got a two for one deal when I married my wife. Um, so, so I, I have a I have a daughter who's with us full time, and, and my my son is with us half of the time. And uh, I pick him up from school and drop him off, and um, I'm full time dad on that week. Um, my wife and I run a handful of property related businesses, as I mentioned before, and um, and we have a decent sized property portfolio, and we have a really specific plan about um, how we go about living our life. Because at the end of the day, the purpose behind building a property portfolio is to cement our lifestyle goals. And if I use my my failure as as a, a way to cement that, like again pre GFC, I, I could have sold up a number of times, paid out all of the debt, and never had to think about working again. And I had uh, one particular friend of mine say, why don't you do that? And I didn't really, like, it's only on reflection that I really understood what he was saying. It was a bit cryptic. Maybe he was trying to be nice, but but I didn't get it. But um, I was just like at the crease playing cricket. They didn't get me out, so I just kept batting. And and I kind of didn't necessarily have a purpose in mind. I mean, what was it going to be, 167, then 267? And 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 often when people say those numbers, they've just pulled it out of their bum, just kind of made the number up. Like if you can find out what you actually really want in life and then start to convert the maths back and then, you know, I think that that's a good way. And from a residential strategy perspective, I, I can offer a really simple way to do that. If you think you want $100,000 in retirement or $200,000 in retirement or whatever that figure might be, then just assume that on a on a on a – um, property portfolio, you're going to get a 5% gross return. So if you want $300,000 worth of income a year, then you probably want to own about $6 million worth of unencumbered real estate. So go and buy $12 million worth of unencumbered real estate in the right areas, hold it for 10 years, wait for double in value, sell half to pay out the debt on the other half. 
personal habit that Griezmann believes has contributed to his success in property is being able to push harder to achieve something than anyone else. I think biologically, I'm I'm pretty lucky. You know, maths um, is a you know strong suit, and I can see it in my son too. You know, he's got a very high IQ, and he um, he just gets maths. Um, you know, that's where I talk about the birth lottery. Like, you, you can think you're as smart as you like, but ultimately, you know, most of it wasn't your doing. You just got to try and do the best that you can with who you are. Um, so, uh, personal traits. Look, I you know I watched my dad never stop. And, um, and you know, it's a trait that I have to tone down on myself. I, I definitely can easily work through the whole weekend and, you know, um, and, and push too hard. So um, I think I'd say that with most people, I think that their best trait is also their biggest negative. And for me, it definitely is. My biggest trait is I can push hard. I can push harder than anyone um, that, that I've met. Um, but that definitely is a negative for me at times, and and, and you know, and that can be on a on a personal front, but it can also be a, you know property investment front. So, how has he been able to overcome his best trait, morphing into his worst trait? Sadly, I got to say, I think you know, making enormous stuff ups, and and in, in Australia, I don't know whether I don't know where it comes from, if it's the tall poppy syndrome or what it is, but we just don't embrace failure enough, and you know. The only way you're going to learn and improve is by trying things. And if you think that you're going to nail everything that you try, you're just living in la-la land. Now, I struggle with failure just like anyone, but but we have to embrace it. So I think that if I've got balance, it's because I've had some epic failure in my life. You know, failed marriage, you know, the GFC was an absolute disaster for me. I lost lots of time. I lost lots of money. and, And I wouldn't wish what I went through on anybody. And yet, it is probably the single most impactful thing in my lifestyle right now, because it gave me great perspective. It keeps helps keep helps me keep in check the ability to push way too hard. I really admire that, and I appreciate you sharing that because it's it's so important. Because it's so easy to see how successful people have achieved such great success, but until you actually step behind the curtains and find out, wow, they've gone through a lot of a lot of adversity like you have, um, it really puts things into perspective and that's why I think it's so important to learn from people like yourself as well. You can have some fun with it too. I mean, I get people who, um, like I literally wouldn't get through a week without three or four phone calls of someone looking for some advice and something. I do some consulting on, you know, on projects and for people and stuff. I've, I've proudly helped about 40 or 50 people buy their first house and I help friends, you know, build duplexes and that sort of stuff and it, it gets me off. Um, but someone will ring me up and they'll say, I'm oh, wanting to do this and I'll say to them, why? And they don't know. And I go, well, what are you doing it for then? And so I think that if they can distill down why, why they're really doing it and in some cases like you know it might be a friend who's got four businesses and he's talking about buying a fifth one like oh, what are you doing that for you know do, do you really like do you need some extra money do you need do, you know are you bored have you got nothing to do <laughs> and 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 sometimes you know that we just don't stop and ask ourselves those questions enough and i think that if we did um we'd be much happier in life and 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 you know i'm not preaching here i still get it wrong every day but it's it, it, it's good to be doing it more than I used to do, that's for sure. A lot of property investors are aware of their why when starting out. But Christmas says that it's also a question of what. By the way, on property, I think the second question is the what. And, you know, I did a, um, did a little video series on this that I share with our clients and stuff, particularly in our property management business, but friends who want to invest and, you know, consult people I consult to and stuff. And it's like, you know, the first bit is the why. Why are you doing it? You know, so, so get, your, get your kind of mental strategy and right. Well, 
right about what you're going to do. And the second bit is the what. So it's just circumstances. Well, okay, you want to renovate a house. Have you ever picked up a hammer? Or do you know how to organ? Do you, do you know how to you know? Do you know how to organise a, a team of tradespeople? Or do you have enough equity? Or do you have enough cash flow? Or more importantly, than most of the time, do you have enough time? So you know, if you can answer your why and your what, then I reckon when you're making your property decision, you're literally down to a handful of things to decide between, rather than a really wide gambit of your options. So, if he were to meet himself from ten years ago, what would he say? Go surfing more. <laughs> You'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look seriously, I'm going to only give surfing a pitch here for anyone that doesn't surf. It's just the ultimate activity outside of you know things we might do at home, and you get to exercise. Um, you don't sweat because you're in the ocean. Um, you're sitting in the biggest energy source on the planet, being the ocean. Um, what is it? Seventy percent of the ocean is covered in water, and your body's made up of seventy percent in water. Oh, tell me that's not a huge coincidence. <laughs> and um, you get to meditate while while you're out there. You sit there and it's pretty hard to think about too much in the surf when you're analysing where you're sitting on the bank or the reef and which way the wind's coming and where the other surfers are sitting in the water and, you know, like you've got to be on the job and, and yet you're not thinking about too much. For the next five years, Grismans is excited about continuing to help people. Look, I get a lot out of um, helping people to do stuff. Um, you know, look, normally the wins for us is we get to manage their property. It's, it's not, not exactly um, great financial remuneration, but it's really satisfying to help people. But um, I thought for a long time that property for me was about, you know, the maths and certainly in my younger days, the ego and all that sort of stuff. But um, and we haven't even touched on some of the bigger projects that I've done professionally, you know, 10-storey buildings and shopping centres and, you know, town centres and those sorts of things. But I get off on long after the money's gone being able to hang my hat on that project. You know, my kids are sick of hearing about we drive fast and I go, yeah, I designed that or I built it or, you know, did the deal to put the tenants in place or whatever it might be. So I, I like creating things. So if you, if you and, and I think if you analyse um, your traits when you're younger and for me I used to like drawing and you know kind of building cubby houses out of the cushions on the couch like we just like to create stuff and I think all of us like to create stuff a bit more than we than we maybe give ourselves time for in in most of our lives so so if you ask me what I'm most excited about look I enjoy creating homes for people to live in I, I like you know repurposing um you know commercial buildings and, and older residential buildings and stuff it's you know i find it really satisfying and by the way if you do it you're absolutely going to stuff stuff up all the time like you know just yesterday i was in a house that an old house that we're renovating and i said you know during the project put the sink there in, in this is a vanity sorry in a bathroom and then I turn up on site, we sheeted the walls and I go, what an idiot. What did you put it there for? <laughs> now, I've, I've probably only done that, you know, 50 times in terms of a renovation. And I just go, what were you thinking? It's got to go over there. But, you know, in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. If you want to connect with Grisman and find out more about his mindset and strategy, you can contact him via email or social media. Uh, yeah, look, just reach out anyway. I'm, you know, kind of on most of the social medias and Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff. But look, my email address is kgrisman, G-R-I-S-M-A-N at propertysurfer.com.au. My mobile is 0413 537 000. If you've got a question, ring me up. 
and try and be nice and have thought about it beforehand before you ring me up and badger me. Um, or uh, I've, I've got a website. Um, we're just actually playing around at the moment, so it might be under construction to be with us, but it's uh, just keithgrisman.com.au, um, which has just got a bunch of, you know, probably done 150 projects. So it's got a little story and a summary, the good, the bad and the ugly about some of the stuff. So you might find some useful information in there. There's no sell in there, so it's all free info. Thank you to Keith Griezmann, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com. Simply type in the search bar, Keith Griezmann and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.